You may not be able to see your way out, but Jesus has something in mind for you. He already knows what he's going to do. When you get fired off of your job and you just wonder why they shut the door on you, he says, I already know what I'm going to do. You've been tithing. You've been giving. You've been trusting. You don't have to worry. I already know. I got something in mind. Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. I don't know what you've been going through, but Jesus knows what you've been going through. You may have been waiting for a miracle. Jesus already knows what he's going to do for you. I want you to listen closely to today's message that you might be encouraged to continue to hold on until you receive your miracle. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. For the past several weeks, we have been looking at the book of Mark. Mark is one of the four Gospels in the New Testament. It begins with the baptism of Jesus Christ and the temptation of Christ in the wilderness. Then we see the calling of his disciples and an in-depth teaching that Jesus does on the four kinds of soil in the parable of the sores, when he talked about the four kinds of soil, which is the heart of men that the word can be sown in. We saw the demon-possessed man who lived in the graveyard, and Jesus set him free from his bondage. And how can we forget the dead girl's father, Jairus, and the woman with the issue of blood that reached out and touched Jesus. Now we're going to look at one of the most popular miracles that Jesus performed in front of more than 5,000 people. Besides the resurrection, this miracle is the only incident that is described by all four gospel writers. So we talk about what we call the synoptic gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where you will see some of the same incidents written. This one is also included in the book of John. Since this incident was important enough to be recorded by all four gospel writers, I took the liberty to combine the details from those four Gospels into one passage. So I'm going to tell you that now. So the scriptures that we put up, I'm not going to give you a scripture reference because I took all four passages and I, I took some of the details from one passage and I put it in the others because when four writers are writing, some will include more detail than others. I just combined it all into one passage. I don't like to do that, but since I wanted all the information on one, I did that, so you're going to have to follow closely with what we put on the screen. Because if you're reading your Bible in that, you're going to say, they missed something or they added something. So let's start here with this passage that says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Now, If you want to find out where we began looking, it is in Mark chapter 6. 
The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place to get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place, and they drew to a town called Bethsaida. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. To set this scene, the apostles are coming back from a mission that Jesus sent them on. And you can see that earlier in the book of Mark chapter 6. In that earlier reference to the, the, the disciples being sent out, you know, he gave them authority and sent them out. And in verse 12 of chapter 6, we're told that they went out and they preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick with oil and healed them. And they had just come back from being out there doing that work and they've reconnected with Jesus and they are talking to him and telling him about all the things they've done. And Jesus and his disciples are now trying to get a break from ministry. They're trying to get a little bit of a break. And every once in a while we need a break. But notice the pastor said they did not even have a chance to eat. Now picture this, Jesus and his disciples are getting on a boat to go to the other side of the lake. But the Bible tells us that the people saw them and they were so intent on hanging with them or being in their presence that the people started on foot running around the lake and they were gathered up and by the time Jesus and his disciples got to the other side, there were hundreds, in fact thousands of people waiting for them to get off. Now they're leaving so they can get some rest. But when they get off the boat, here's a few thousand people. The scripture then says, a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he has performed on the sick. They followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he has performed. Now, throughout the Gospel of Mark, Jesus has been growing in popularity with the common people. They are called the crowd. Jesus has debated and argued with the Pharisees, the religious people. But he has surprised and terrified the disciples by calming the storm. He's broken down the barriers by healing both the rich and the famous with Jairus' daughter and the poor with the woman with the issue of blood. But today, in the crowd, there are those who finally are trying to get what they want in the crowd. They want Jesus. And we are told a great crowd of people followed him. But we're also told they followed him because they saw the miraculous signs that he performed on the sick. So I want to tell you this, that there are those who follow Jesus because they're 
hearts have been turned toward him and they're passionate for the Lord. There are people in this church right now who love the Lord with all their heart and they're following Jesus because we recognize what the Lord has done for us. He brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He broke the power of sin in our life and now he calls us saints. He has done so much for us that we love him so that, that we follow him. But there are others who follow him for the blessings that he can bring to them and the excitement of being in the audience when there are miraculous things that are happening and are performed. There are people who go to church because they heard that if I, if I follow Jesus, the blessings will overtake me. If I follow Jesus, I will be the head, not the tail. If I follow Jesus, he, he can open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that I won't have room enough to receive. There are those who, who follow Jesus because they want to be in a new season and they want another anointing and they want a supernatural blessing. There are those who follow Jesus. There, there are people who come to church because they like to hear the choir sing. There are people who come to church because they feel like I need to be somewhere and this looks like a nice church and uh, I want to be there and man, I tell you, they have, a lot of, they have a lot of nice activities for the children. But that's nothing new. People follow Jesus not because they were trying to hear him, they were trying to get some of what he had. Did you see what he did with that crippled man? Let's go see if he's going to do that again. In fact, I, I, I don't feel too good myself. Maybe he might do something for me. Jesus knew then why the crowd was following him. He knew that. And Jesus also knows why you are following him. He knew why the crowd was following. I, I know they were looking for the miracles. See, the crowds were clamoring for healing. They are demanding something from an exhausted Jesus and his disciples. They have gotten into the boat with Jesus to find a quiet place his disciples did, and yet the crowd still follow them along the shoreline. The crowd had one thing in mind, and that was miracles. The passage goes on to say, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Jesus knew why they were, why they were there. He knew they came for miracles, signs, and wonders. They wanted to see the show. They wanted to be able to tell people they were there. But he looked past their motivation and looked at their need. The Bible says he saw a large crowd and had compassion on them. So you may be looking at Jesus for one thing, but he's looking at you for another. He can see beyond the outward appearance that we have. We can look good on the outside and we can be smiling, but we can be hurting so much on the inside. Nobody will know it but you and Jesus. He saw this large crowd and he said, I can tell you what I see. They are like sheep without a shepherd. So his compassion was not because of their sickness, not because of their 
their physical need for healing, his compassion was not for their demon possession or other burdens they were carrying. His compassion was because they were helpless in divine leadership. He said, you're like sheep without a shepherd. I can heal you, and if you don't have no shepherd, okay, let me just go over here. I can work a miracle in your life, but if you ain't got no shepherd, let's talk about what a sheep is like without a shepherd then, if you don't know. Well, see, a sheep without a shepherd can't find their way. What good is it going to do for you to be healed, but you lost? Jesus, in one message he was speaking, he says, if your eye causes you to sin, you need to pluck it out. Because what good is it going to be for you to go to hell with two eyes? That's what he said. You better to go to heaven with one than to hell with two. So a sheep without a shepherd can't find their way. A sheep without a shepherd has no protection. He's vulnerable to the wolves and everything else that comes on. That's what he said. That when I'm looking at them, I, I see sheep without a shepherd. And I know they're coming for the miracles, but I'm, that's what I see. See, a sheep without a shepherd has no provider. A sheep can't take care of himself. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you once again for joining us as we have brought the Word of God to you, and we are hopeful that your life has been enriched and that you have been encouraged. It is such a privilege to come to you, no matter where you are. You may be in your home or your automobile or your place of business. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can also join us on our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And as always, I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're in Atasca, Cedar, Kingwood, Summerwood, Fall Creek, North Houston, Northeast Houston, you're in our neighborhood. Come and be our guest. I want to remind you that the Beacon Christian Bookstore is located right here on our campus. Almost every Christian bookstore in our city has closed, but we have an inventory of Bibles, communion supplies, Sunday school books, offering envelopes, study materials, or whatever you might need. Call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.